Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It ain't the left side or the right side. Then it must be the fence side. side. It ain't the left side or the right side. Then it must be the fence That was Solo D bringing us here on the fence side. And we're officially at that part of the season, Paul. Preseason is about to take shape. The Miami Dolphins are going to travel to New York for the first preseason game on Friday night against the New York Giants. We'll talk a little bit about this on this special edition uh, of On the Fin Side. Had some Dolphins news since our last podcast. The Dolphins have signed former Redskins and 49ers cornerback Chris Culliver and released linebacker Danny Lansana and center Jacques McClendon. Paul, Chris Culliver, four years, $32 million with the Redskins last year, started four games was actually suspended for one of them for the NFL's personal conduct policy. Uh, Tours ACL and MCL after four games. He's going to go right to PUP. Should be ready for the beginning of the year. Hopefully he gets on the field sooner. He's been hurt a lot, Paul. He does have the size. He does have the speed. What do you make of this? I like the signing. I would have preferred to see go before Danny Lansana and Jacques Blendon. Because they'd be the guys that contribute potentially as bottom end starters or special teamers or what have you. But I think it's a good move. We were questioning on our 53-man roster prediction. We were questioning the cornerback position, the fact that Tony Lippett's listed as a starter right now, even though we both do like his long-term potential. So I like this signing. It's somebody that could come in and potentially solidify that number two until Xavier Howard's ready to go. Coming out of college, Chris Collis flicker night a 4-3-6. Drafted in the third round by the 49ers. He had seven interceptions throughout his career, but he's had some injury problems. Missed all of 2013. Missed 12 12 games last year with torn ACL and MC, and in addition to that, has had some off-the-field problems, too. Was suspended a game for violating the NFL's personal code, some uh, anti-gay remarks as well in terms of when he was asked about that uh, as well. So, you know, not a squeaky clean player by any means, but, you know, the Dolphins, it seems to be a common theme. They're swinging for the fences with a lot of these players, the Mario Williams, the Kiko Alonzos. It seems to be a rehab project with just about everybody on this roster, and I don't know if that's a bad thing. No, it turned out pretty well with, with Frank Grimes, at least for the first few years he was in Miami. And and so if it does work out just as well with Chris Keller for a couple of years, hey, you know, it was worth the signing. And like you, Paul, I was a little bit surprised when the Dolphins did cut Danny Lansana. Lansana, Lansana, please tell me once and for all how to say that. Lansana. Lansana. Thank you very much. I was a little bit surprised to you know, a veteran with starting experience, 31 years old, thought he would at least see it through training camp a little bit. Wish him the best. He's probably going to catch on with some other NFL roster. Jacques McClendon cut as well. Not a big, big surprise there. I'll tell you what, this guy has been cut and signed by the Dolphins, if I had to guess, about 15 times. And he was with four teams previously before Miami. He's only 28 years old. But if you feel bad for the guy, remember, too, he's started only a handful of games in his career, and he's a millionaire. So he's got that going for him. Paul, looking at this New York Giants game, taking a step back, what is your mindset for the Miami Dolphins heading into the first preseason game? How do you take a look at the game? I don't look for a win. I'm not one of those people that freaks out in the second half when either team scores. I look for progress. I look for development. I look to see where players are at from last year or experience before. 
and really get my eyes on them, see them play on the field, because you can put as many measurables around a player as you want. Until you physically see them play football at an NFL level, you don't have any idea what they really are. That's what I look for in, in the preseason games, especially. Yes, and, you know, to even take it a step further, you know, looking at that first preseason, the first and fourth preseason games are ones that I really don't give a damn about in terms of I, I'm not worried about how the offense or the defense as a whole looks. I'm looking at individual performances. Uh, I, for example, if Kiko Alonso, I see him out there at middle linebacker, and I'm thinking, man, he really is going to add a lot of speed to that middle linebacker position. Or Laramie Tunzel goes out there and crushes somebody uh, a block. Those are the things that I'm looking for. Individual is where I'm looking a little bit more to see some continuity, but even given that ball, if the Dolphins come out and say the starters play the first two drives, which may even be a stretch to think that even if they play the first two drives, we're going to see we're going to want to see a fourteen to nothing Dolphins Dolphins lead. Always, uh, I'd like to see them take chances, and I still have to take into account they're not game planning. The Giants aren't game planning. Do I want to see Brandon Albert shut down Olivier Vernon and justify the fact to everyone for why he left? He left, and we didn't pay him. Sure, but that being said, I'm not super worried if they come out and they take some shots just to see what happens. I'm okay with that as well. Me too. So, uh, taking a look here, Paul, the three offensive players each we're going to talk about that we're really taking a look at and keeping a close eye on in this first preseason game for that individual performance. So let's start with you. Who are three offensive players that you're looking at to really shine in this game and as they move forward toward that 53-man roster? One of the guys I'm really excited to see is Jakeem Grant. He's a guy that ever since they drafted him, I haven't been able to stop watching footage of the guy. Uh, He's gotten in on the offense a little bit in training camp in the past week and done a few special things. He's a very unique player, and he's a guy I really want to see excel out there on the field and see what he can do against an NFL-caliber defense in a game situation. Um, Neonte Carew is another one that I'd like to see what what he's really got in that game situation and how he and Jarvis play off each other, potentially in that first series, if they're able to get on the field at the same time or even the second series. And then I want to see the offensive line, in particular, those two guard positions. And I know that, that that's not limited to one player, but I just want to see those guys go out and solidify the offensive line because we're not worried about Brandon Albert. We're not worried about Mike Pouncey. We're not worried about Juwan James. We're very curious at what we're going to see from that group of Tunsil, Turner, Bushrod, and Dallas Thomas. So that's another thing that I'm really going to be keying in on this game. So, yeah, the, but you're right. The, the, the guard position is going to be the difference for the Dolphins uh, between a good offensive line or an average offensive line and a great offensive line. So we'll, we'll be keeping a close eye on them. A couple of players that I'm taking a, a really good look at. Number one, Isaiah Peed uh, will be wearing number 22, former second round pick of the Rams. He's going to be fighting for a spot on the bottom of the roster, potentially battling Damian Williams and Daniel Thomas for that fourth running back job. Uh, MVP of the, of the Senior Bowl in 2012. Definitely has some talent with him. He had some problems with the Rams, both in terms of performance and at one point he was a little bit homesick as well. So I don't know what to say about that. But um, moving along to Jameel Douglas this at center, he's somebody that I, I really had pegged as as somebody that was going to make the 53-man roster. Drafted by Mac, Mike Tannenbaum in 2015, 
early in the fourth round, got an opportunity to start immediately, had some rough patches for sure, played poorly for a long time, but I, I felt toward the end of the year, other than the infamous snap against the Colts, thought he was starting to look more and more like uh, somebody who at least physically could play in the league. But last week was demoted to third string. So he's starting to be in a battle for his life here at this at that center guard position with you know the Dallas Thomases of the roster. Third, Ulrich John. Offensive tackle drafted out of Georgia State by the Colts last year in the seventh round as a developmental player. The Dolphins plucked him up, actually had him on their on their active roster for a little bit. 6'7", 295 pounds, tall, lanky, but does fit that possibility as, as a potential future swing tackle for the Dolphins. And you know, the Ulrich Johns are the players on this roster, Paul, along the offensive line that really bear looking at for those backups because if you think about it it's very unlikely that they keep backups making one and a half two million a year especially four of them dallas thomas german bushrod craig urbic and uh one person i'm forgetting too um so it, it'll be interesting to see with that offensive line yeah it's, it's and a lot of these guys that you're going to be watching that, that you just mentioned are even just battling for the one or two spots that are are almost locks at this point. There's that watching with those guys. And I love that you said identity. Moving along to the defensive side of the ball, Paul, a lot of interesting guys. Uh, you know, there seems to be a little bit more competition on that side of the ball at pretty much every position, defensive line, linebacker, cornerback, safety, who are three players you're looking at on defense for the Dolphins? One of the first ones I'm going to say here is Kiko Alonso. We haven't seen him really at full speed in about two years at this. So seeing if he's back to the player he wants promising linebackers to come into the NFL in a long time, uh, if he's able to regain even 80% of that form. That's something I'm looking to see here in this game, see if he's still got his feet given the injuries he's had. Um, Jordan Phillips, what he's able to do um, to potentially unseat Earl Mitchell at that defensive tackle spot is another that I'm going to be keeping an eye on. And then really Tony Lippett. He's a guy that intrigued us a little bit when he got the chance last year, intrigued us after the draft last year when they announced him as a defensive back, and really intrigued us yet again when they announced him as the number two starter at corner. So he's a guy that I'm very intrigued to watch and see what Miami gets out of him in this game. I'm looking at a few different players. Uh, the first one, Cleon Lang, defensive end. Dolphins signed him from the CFL, six foot four, two hundred and ninety pounds, had fifteen sacks and thirty-five games in the CFL. He's competing at a very stock position, but you see the success that the Dolphins had plucking Cameron Wake out of there. They were very excited about getting uh, Cleon Lang, but he does feel really face an uphill battle uh, moving forward. Looking at, too, uh, James Burgess, linebacker from Louisville. This is someone I had pegged for the Dolphins as an undrafted free agent. Six foot tall, 235 pounds, played for, played for Louisville. Not the biggest, not the fastest, which is why he went undrafted, but I did still expect him to get drafted in the later rounds. It'll be an interesting competition for that six, you would think, linebacker spot with players like James Burgess and Mike Hall and Spencer Paysinger and James Michael Johnson. Finally, Walt Aikens at that safety position. I've heard very good things about Walt Aikens. He looks a, a step faster so far in camp this year. I mean, he does have the size, uh, speed profile to get the job done in the NFL as long as he continues to develop and continues to, to bring, to show some awareness out on the field, which he didn't have a whole heck of a lot of last year. And who could blame him? You know, this is a player that was very raw coming out of Liberty and was switching from cornerback to safety. So I hope Walt starts to show more of that aggressiveness on, on a down-to-down basis. 
Paul, just for the hell of it, what's your prediction for this game? Uh, I think the first half is probably going to be a pedestrian 14-7. I'm actually going to go with Miami here. Um, the second half, you're going to see it turn into one of those 30-28 to 28 goofy games because you see backups slugging it out with backups and people that aren't going to make the roster anyway, missing coverages and, and you name it on both sides of the ball. Uh, so I'll go 30-28 to 28 and I'll be a homer and say Miami here. I'll be a homer too and say Miami 18 to 17. They'll score, make it 17 to 16, and then they'll say, what the heck? We don't want to do this anymore. We're going to go for two. They get the two and they win 18 to 17. So that'll do it for our special edition of On the Fence Side leading up into our first preseason game. Solo D, take us home. Yeah. So low, so low, so low, deep. 